the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible, have fun, and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program, weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. So we will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Welcome aboard, everyone. Soapy. Oh, <laughs> I am. I'm caught up in your cord, aren't I, yeah. Jacob? Can, Good evening, can you everyone. Hear me? We are getting started tonight for the Bible Live Quiz Show. Thank you for joining us. Let's see if we can. Uh, 
give you some questions tonight from the Gospel of John. Last week we began this very interesting fourth gospel, the fourth book of the New Testament. Uh, we read through that in our reading schedule uh, through the year. And uh, tonight we are asking you questions from John chapters one, uh, 10 all the way through the end of the book, through chapter 21. And then on the last day of the week, we our reading schedule had us reading the first three chapters of the book of First Kings. So that's what our questions will come from those chapters and and the Psalms and the Proverbs, of course, that we read throughout uh, this uh, period as well. So, and Jacob's got some very interesting stuff all figured out for us tonight. He's got some questions uh, he's kind of been asking me, we've been discussing, and um, very interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be very interested in seeing how you respond and how you answer his questions. Uh, Jacob, good evening to you. Can you hear me? I can hear you just okay. fine. I just want to be sure I didn't get disconnected when I was all tangled up in your chair. Now, John, make sure that we're coming through fine, all right, because uh, I don't see his... Uh, why is this not showing up on this marker here? There we go. I just want to make sure that we're going out fine you, to you on the air. Can you hear me? Um, I hear you perfectly fine, but just want to make sure John is our... Techie, so he's got it. He says we're out on the air. That's not moving, but that doesn't matter to me. As long as you tell me we're on the air, that's fine and dandy with me. We've got some. You want to start with some questions, Jacob, tonight, or do you want to get right into your? No, no. Let's go through your proper order. And if you wrote the questions, and I'll pick two or okay. three questions from John. Let me give you a couple of questions from the Psalms and the Proverbs. Um, <laughs> I like this question from the Psalm sixty-seven. Psalm sixty-seven is like the Great Commission in the New Testament because it calls for the salvation of whom? Uh, uh, it, it calls for uh, God's redemptive plan to take place for whom in particular? I don't know if that's a very good question. It makes it very clear. Maybe the hint to you is it's like the Great Commission. If you know, if you know what the Great Commission is in the New Testament, maybe you'll be able to answer the question. Psalm 67 is like the Great Commission, and I'll give you the hint that that's from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, the Great Commission. Psalm 67 is like the Great Commission in the New Testament because it calls for the salvation of what or of whom. Okay, take that just, I guess, at face value there, and then we'll go on to the Proverbs. Um Oh, these are fairly easy. Uh, let, let me give you one, uh, this number three. In Proverbs 11, verse 22, a foolish woman. <laughs> Jacob, we may get in trouble with this question. Mm -hmm. In Proverbs 11, verse 22. That is Soapy that's asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> a foolish woman with beauty, a foolish woman with beauty is like what animal with a gold ring in its nose? All right, I I don't. It, I mean that is actually very very. Uh, I think it's very interesting. A very interesting question, and maybe it'll be uh, maybe we can get some of our our lady listeners to give us a call, our female listeners, and maybe you will have an opinion about that. Uh, I I suppose in this case we might say that Solomon was not uh, not. Politically correct, would that be would that be true? 
In Proverbs I, 11. I always thought he was talking in that particular one about a woman that's beautiful but without self-control and with no discretion. Okay. But he says a foolish woman with beauty yeah. is like a certain animal right, uh-huh. with a gold ring in its nose. Yeah. And so, so I'm asking, the, the what is the animal? would be like the ring and the lack of discretion, shall we say. All right. would be like the animal. All right. Maybe, maybe that'll be That's it. That's how yeah. I take it. I'm hey, sure it has a very good, I clear, could be wrong. Wonderful explanation. Yeah. But there it is. I'm getting it from the Proverbs. I want to quote it from the Converbs. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Proverbs and the Converbs. All right. There you go. Now from the Gospel of John, we talked about this last week, how the Gospel of John is the most... Um, what would we say, theological of the four Gospels. I'm not even sure that's an actual truth because theology is involved in all of these matters. But John is one who delves more into the nature of God and the nature of the incarnation, uh, what actually took place. It seems more theological than some of the others. Hey, maybe this is, maybe this is an answer to your question in part. Okay. Maybe right. because maybe. John is more theological. But then you'd think some of the other gospel writers would have picked up on your question. I can't give away his question. But anyway, let's go to John. Get your questions that you chose. I would like to jump down and actually uh, go to a couple. Okay. uh, A little further down. All right. Um, Because you write them, and you're kind enough to allow me to pick them. And uh, cherry pick. Yeah, that's right. Okay, now here. And you, I, you've been known to invent a question or two along the way, too. I have. And that's always in fact, great. The one I'm probably going to ask in a few minutes is yeah, very yeah. inventive. All right. All right, are we ready? I'm ready. All right. All right, listen, uh, let's do first. Uh, you're number 20. Okay. Uh, the sign on Jesus' cross, was. it was written in three languages, and it's Hebrew. It's Latin. It's Greek. But what did it say? You'll find the answer in John 19.19. There you go. Uh-huh. Now, you're number 23. Yeah, and, and since Jacob kind of represents the, the Hebrew or the Jewish perspective here as we go through the Scriptures and giving us a thought, I find that question very interesting from that point of view. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in what you're going to come up, come up with about it, your, your comments about that question. Sure. Number 23. Uh-huh. Uh, G- 23. Jesus said, it is finished when he was on the cross. That's 1930 of John. Yep. The word finished is a legal or accounting term meaning what? And I would like to use that question for the springboard of the question I was bringing up and discussing with you on the elevator. You want to ask it now? or Sure. Why okay, not? good. Okay. Now. I want to say, and as I was prefacing it like this, please understand that in no way am I doubting the Christian belief of Christianity. I I understand that Jesus is your Sabbath, your Passover. He's the the Passover lamb. Uh, And so I'm not talking about theology or belief at all. But what has always honestly and sincerely struck me is... In history, I think we could agree that the actual day that he died on the cross and said, it is finished, assuming that that means like that's when he conquered sin, shall we say.
National Weather Service in Austin, San Antonio has issued a flash flood warning for southeastern Kerr County, northwestern Kendall County, until 1.15 a.m. Central Daylight Time. At 9.09 p.m. Central Daylight Time, Doppler radar indicated a slow-moving thunderstorm producing heavy rain across the warned areas southeastern Kerr and northwestern Kendall County. Between 3 and 4 inches of rain have already fallen. Flash flooding is expected to begin shortly. Some locations that will experience flooding include Kerrville, Bernie, Comfort, Cypress Creek, Welfare, Nelson City, Ring, Central Point, and Camp Verde. Be especially cautious at night when it is harder to recognize the dangers of flooding. If flash flooding is observed, act quickly. Move to higher ground to escape flood waters. Do not stay in areas subject to flooding when water begins rising. Remain alert for flooding even in locations not receiving rain. Creeks, streams and rivers can become raging killer currents in a matter of minutes, even from distant rainfall. We are asking a question here that's not on our list tonight. It is not. It has to do with the... Um, Okay, you you were you were commenting that Jesus said it is finished when he was on the cross. The atonement was complete. Uh, his role as Messiah, he had successfully completed to be our representative, uh, the atonement lamb, and his his work was done. He had successfully completed on and that day. Now we can agree that that's the theologically belief, that's, that's our faith, no. mm-hmm. that's belief, that's theology, uh-huh. and I'm not touching that at all. Okay. But I am wondering about this. If you know the day or the date, I have noticed in the Christian world, it is never, nobody has a little Bible study, nobody says, did you know this is the very date or day on the calendar? Let's have a cup of coffee. Let's talk about this. Let's do something. (laughs) I am not suggesting that they should do it like the Jews do, because the Jews have a big celebration called a Seder, a Passover Seder. Uh-huh. Now, I'm not suggesting it, but what has struck me... And, and that me, event is on an actual date, right? Well, I'm going to expose that in a moment. Okay. But now, if you knew in the Bible the actual day or date that this actually took place... Now, I'm not talking about theology. Uh-huh. I understand belief, uh-huh. faith. He's all that stuff. Uh-huh. He's the Passover. He's the Sabbath. I got all that. But I'm not touching that. I'm talking about the date, and I've always been curious... Why? That's a very important date in history. So I've always wondered, how come Christians don't have some recognition of that particular date? Because that's the day that you could say to your children, hey, do you know what happened on this day? This is the day that the sins were forgiven for the world, for Christians, for you, for me, for us. Yeah. And I've always wondered, how come there isn't some type of acknowledgement on that? And I can't find, I'm going to be honest with you. I spoke to several Christians. I even called a few churches. Couldn't get a response. I don't. Uh-huh. I don't know. There's many churches that are even going to acknowledge that. And what I find fascinating, and I'm not saying do it like Jews do, but I'm saying if I were like a dyed-in-the-wool Christian, I would uh, say, this is the day, and I want my children to know it. Uh-huh, I get it. It makes perfect sense to me. I, I there is a logic to it. We mark. Other dates, but of course, even the other dates, uh, birth of Jesus, uh, Easter, we know that we're not actually marking the exact, I suppose we know this, day, uh, uh, date. Uh, Now, are you saying that in uh, Jewish 
practice in theology that you actually mark these dates, the Passover, for example, and so on, that you do actually think that is the actual the actual 24-hour period in which uh, that first Passover was celebrated, you know, what is it, 3,500 years ago? Mm-hmm. You're, or is it longer than that? Or somewhere, I'll go with that, somewhere around that range, uh, uh, 3,600 years ago, whatever. So you, you guys actually do believe that is the exact? No, absolutely Even not. though it's translated through? No, absolutely not. Okay. I'm saying I know it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And okay. I will tell you that you in your... Me, you surprised me there. Yeah. Because, no, in, but you know, the, wait, wait, the calendar wait, gets me, translated, let, let right? Through several, okay. I'm not interested in translations. I use the original. Okay. The uh, In chapter 12 of Exodus, it gives you the date. You know the date. Yeah, but on the Jewish calendar and of that era, you mean right? there is another one? Well, of course you know that, right? There is. There is a secular calendar, sure. There is, well, there are several. There, you know, Chinese have their calendar. Okay. We have but a calendar. Let's go there. by. But we can deter. We know exactly when the date is. Okay. On, on the that Hebrew was my calendar. question. That was what so I was asking. So what we can do is we can simply identify the date by transferring it over to our Julian calendar, our uh, Gregorian calendar. Okay, I get but it. But what I'm saying is, if you know the date, and I'm not. I'm just wondering how come that isn't. That's a to me from an as an outsider point of view, you might say. Yeah. I'm looking, saying that's a very important date in Christian religion. How come somebody? And you're right. I, you mentioned Easter. You mentioned Christmas. I understand it, and there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, with having a day, especially if you don't know the day, to actually celebrate it and memorize it, have a memorial, understand and, and make that the day you're celebrating. I got that. But in this particular instance, we know the day and the date. Uh-huh. And that is something, and I never understand. Of it, the crucifixion, you're saying? Yes, we do. Okay, all right. And, um, and see, this all right. is, but what I'm saying is, how come I can't find any Christians that, and I'm not trying to criticize, I'm asking a legitimate, yeah, sincere it, it is question. very legitimate. I don't have any problem with it. I know and your heart. I, I know understand. you're not. Yeah, it's it's puzzling, I suppose. Now that you say it, I've never ever thought of that from that perspective. Never ever. I it just never been. Well, important I'm going to suggest. Me, right? you know? Let us start a brand new. Let's see. Christian tradition. Well, let's see what our listeners say. Let's. I'm, and I'm but I want to tell you when it's occurring, so you know. Okay. Before this is Sunday night. Before next Sunday, it will occur. It will occur coincidentally on the 22nd of this next this coming week, which is Friday night. That's when it starts. Now, if you know the date, maybe a Christian could take a moment and say, this is the very day, and we know the date? Oh, now, wait a minute. Let me get it clear. Yeah. You're saying Friday 22nd. Uh-huh. At sundown. Yeah. Are you talking at, sun, at 6 o'clock sundown? That's oh, whenever, yeah. the starting, actually, of Saturday, right? It is, in the biblical way, yeah. Okay. So the day actually is... Mm-hmm. Friday through Saturday. That would be correct. That 24-hour period. Yes, uh-huh. So that's when it actually happened, you, yes. you're saying? Oh, no, I, yeah, and it absolutely gives you the date. Now, let me go on, and I'm going to ask, and I'm not I'm not celebrating it with as you would. You want us to start a new holiday uh, here I, on the Bible Live radio program. But listen, <laughs> so, uh, a Thanksgiving, shall we say. Yeah. I think somebody should take a couple of minutes, and frankly, I think preachers should do this. I, th- I think they should say, do you know today is the day in history that it happened? We know the date. 
And I think you should take a moment and review that. Think about that. Now, I know in the theological sense that he's the by faith and belief he's sure. the, he's the Sabbath he's the Lamb he's the Passover. But we are talking about an event. We are talking about event. something that happened yes. and it and happened in time and space it. in yeah. you know on a date. Absolutely. And you're saying that we know that date. Yes. And that we ought to mark it. Which uh, no, I don't mean market the date. Ah, that may be one of the hints too. The the, the fear that people would you know it, it doesn't. It, it seems to me that it would almost have to be intentional. Right, because it isn't the isn't it the tendency of people to do something like that and to make a celebration and sell you know well, crucifixion maybe. cards and you know and I don't know what kind of card or what how you'd wouldn't maybe that was something they wanted to avoid the early believers or something or yeah I can't I'm going to leave it I, let me just uh, leave it to I our will listeners. I will tell you one last interesting point. Okay, in the Bible. And I'm including the whole Bible, mm-hmm. the, okay. everything, uh, we, in Exodus 12 that does give us the exact date. And it says four days prior to the Passover, a lamb was taken to the house. Now, I don't want people to take lambs to their house, okay? Uh-huh. But I will say this. So you count back four days, and you know in the Bible the actual day, because you, you've been to Israel, and okay. you've seen those things, and you said it helps it come to life. Well, this brings it to life. And if, so four days before... This coming Friday would be when the lamb was taken and taken care of. And then on Friday, the lambs would be slaughtered. And that, to uh, Christian theology, is the very day. So you know the day. But let me tell you one of the most interesting things that occurs in the Bible. In uh, Exodus, we have the date, chapter 12. Now, and it says 50 days later, but it Uh does not give a date. It only gives a date of Passover. Uh-huh. So you know the date. So you, it becomes your responsibility to count. What happened 50 days later is the Ten Commandments were given. But we can't know that date unless you associate and tie it to 50 days from what? Passover. And in the New Testament, what you call Pentecost is 50 days, Penta 50. The coming or That's the... That's right. So you don't know what day Pentecost is without knowing the exact date of Passover, and there's a reason that second date is not given, so you cannot separate them. I like it a lot. You should. To me, to me, this whole, it's it's a very good thinking and a good thought because I connect clearly. The I hate to use the phrase. I don't like to use the phrase "the coming of the Holy Spirit" okay. that we see in Acts chapter two, Pentecost. And the reason I don't is because it gives the idea that we, since we think in terms spatially, time and space, it, it uses the it gives the idea that the Holy Spirit was never here before. Uh, and, and of course, God the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit. He's everywhere present at all times, so He's always been present. And so it's not talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit like it's the first time He ever visited planet Earth. Mm-hmm. It's talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit in this new arrangement, this new relationship with God's people. He now has come to indwell, to permanently indwell, to escort each of us individually okay. and to escort us to glory. Well, so I, we can that agree. being said, but, I, yeah. I, I do connect yeah. because both the, uh-huh. both the atonement right. and the, the indwelling of the Spirit, they are connected events. They're both part of God's redemptive plan okay, and provision so that, for but sin. What you're saying is, and I, I'm not arguing about any of that, that's theology. Uh-huh. That's right. That's you're belief. Right. 
You're right. I'm talking about the actual day. She sit back and say, yeah. "Whoa, yeah. this is the day." I know. And I'm saying, how come? And I can't look. I'm, and I'm not yeah. being critical. Sure. This no. is a sincere, honest question. I have never understood because that's so important. I've never understood how Christians don't have a service, yeah. don't have a cup of coffee, maybe a hamburger. I don't know. You sit down and talk about something. Break, I wonder if the breath. answer goes back. Do you know the answer to your question like a good lawyer? A lawyer is never supposed to ask a question they don't already know well, the answer to. Well, that's true. said I'm not a good lawyer. Okay. All right. <laughs> is there such a thing? No, no that's, a, that's a deep that's, theological question. Well, you question. know, you, you can trust me because I'm a lawyer. No. <laughs> uh, but, but my point is... That's like, a theological uh, question. Is there such a thing But no, I'm asking because it, it's always surprising. Man, I spoke to a few people today. Sure. And I said, uh-huh. How come no church mentions that? Yeah. You see, you can't really know... And it's always been understood that it says you shall count 50 days. In fact, in the Hebrew, it's called counting the Omer. So there actually is a system for it. Right. And so, and that the same identical days between Passover and Okay. In the Pentecost, in the New Testament, the book of Acts. That's what we're going to talk about that t- tonight. And we want you to give us a call, 340-9585, 340 9585. Maybe you have some insight. Maybe you and have I, some information. And I would like to give one more question from John. Maybe you have an opinion. You can give us a yeah, call this, uh, answer that question. A, this will give you a chance. We've got a few seconds okay, for your last question. This will give you question. a chance to pontificate, Sophie. Yes, thank 27. you. Jesus claimed to be God. It was either true or false. If it were true, Jesus was and is Lord. Assuming it was false, Jesus either knew it was false or he did not. If it was false, Jesus knew it was false. Did you write this? <laughs> this what is called the trilemma. What yeah. does this make sense? Liar. If it's false and he did not know it was false, what difference does it make for Jesus? Now, he's a lunatic. Okay. Okay. He's a lunatic. So, oh, we got to take off. We got to get off of here and come back. We'll take your phone calls right after this break. 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to where we had got our oil done before, it would take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? 
Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. This is Pastor John Hagee. Watching the evening news is often like reading straight out of the book of Revelation. That's why it's so very important for you, your family and friends, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm pleased to present to you our broadcast, John Hagee Today. We'll share with you Bible-based preaching, prophetic updates, and intriguing interviews. That's John Hagee Today, weekdays at noon, on 6.30 a.m. KSLR, The Word in South Texas. The KSLR app for your mobile device. It's like having the entire radio station in the palm of your hand, wherever and whenever you want. Download it today at KSLR.com. That's KSLR.com. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. here at the Bible Live, the quiz show. We've gotten some questions out on the airwaves for you. Let me run through them really quickly. Psalm 67. Psalm 67 is like the Great Commission. You have to know, recognize that phrase in the New Testament, which comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. The Great Commission in the New Testament. Psalm 67 is like the Great Commission because it calls for the salvation of whom? All right? It focuses on the redemption, the salvation of of whom? Of what people? And then another question. In Proverbs 11.22, Proverbs 11.22, a foolish woman with beauty is like a certain animal with a gold ring in its nose. What is the animal that is mentioned there in Psalm 11.22 and that is going to get us all in trouble tonight? I'm almost certain. Very politically incorrect. Now let's go to John chapter 10. Uh, The sign on Jesus' cross at his crucifixion was written in three languages, uh, Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. What did the sign say? And you'll find the answer in John 19, 19, chapter 19, verse 19. And then this question, Jesus said on the cross, chapter 19, verse 30, he used the word, um, boy, you know, I used to know that word in, uh, I guess it was Hebrew, that he said something, something, I, I can't remember it. You're talking about, no, Lamana, Lamana or something like that? No, no, that's uh, Lamana, Lama, But there, this word is actually marked as well. It's a word, it, it means it is finished. That was the word. And it is a word that... It comes from a legal or accounting term of that time, and it means paid in full, uh, that a debt or, or an obligation has been paid in full. 
Um, I can't remember the exact. Maybe I can look it up here over one of the breaks and get it. But the question is, oh, I just gave the answer to the question, didn't I? No, nobody heard. Okay, I said uh, uh, it is finished. It's a accounting term that means what? That's your question, and I and I messed it up. And I then get, I did the okay. additional. Addendum. And then, then we have the special question: Why do we not mark the actual date of the crucifixion, the atonement? That I, and I agree with Jake. I could see. Wow, that's that is an amazing moment in time, in history, in human history, when the we know that Jesus is the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. In that sense, uh, but it ha- did actually have to take place in time and space in history, and that was the date. And it, it, I guess it is kind of interesting that we don't mark that actual date. And Jacob's question was, "Why do you think that is?" Um, I guess from his personal point of view, and I, kind of the Hebrew tendency and the Jewish tendency was they marked these dates; they were key dates that were for them uh, throughout their history, uh, Passover and so on. And the question is, I wonder why that date was not uh, marked and remembered and, and guarded, very safely guarded. You can give us a call if you'd like to opine, if you'd like to answer any of these questions, or give us a thought about that one. We'd love to hear from you. 340-9585 is our phone number. And uh, well, let's go to our first caller of the uh, evening. Harold, Harold. Okay, let's go pick up the phone and visit with Harold to see if I can bring him up on the phone line. Are you with us tonight, Harold? Hello, Sylvia and Jacob. Hello, Harold. Good to visit with you tonight. Are you going to answer our question about the uh, atonement and the date question, or do you have maybe some of the other questions you could uh, answer for us as well? Well, it's kind of a... Ironic, I might be able to help you out with a date a little bit. Um, but first, if I can ask you, I know this is a Bible show, and my mother might not be listening tonight, you know, my mom. But she said she's speaking about dates. She's heard me in the past say that she was 82 years old, and she says, well, I'm not 82 years old. I'm only 80. Oh, my goodness, Harold. That, now, that is the most uh, important date. We, women and their, you know, their ages, is that yeah. it? you got to get that right, man. Well, it's April 26th, uh, so, but anyway, I told her, Mama, you know what, if I get a chance, if I get on the air, I'm going to tell Sophie Dollar himself that you're only 80. 80 years old, so I'm wanna, 82. What the- I, had, I have to get that off Let's my give her chest those two I years back. say things right. We're giving you those two yeah, years back tonight. That's two, great. Two years back, and she was, uh, she happened to be looking through some old pictures and things about my dad and everything, and, and there were some dates on a picture, 1899, and uh, it didn't really have the other part of the date. And she, she started mentioning how uh, she. I asked her, well, when was this person born? She goes, well, sometime in the spring, sometime in the fall, sometime in the winter. And I said, well, is that the way it is? And she goes, that's the way we talked back then. You know, we just were busy working or whatever. And so you suggested that perhaps this is the way the... That they talked about the the crucifixion date that it was early in the spring. Well, it was around. I think the question is not so much. It's about how people today don't refer to that date back then, uh-huh. and it. I just don't believe that it was in our spectrum. As um, not saying it wasn't important, but just the way we were brought up and the way we referred to dates. Well, maybe not the way 
another religion would refer to dates or a period. You know, we, you know, it's just maybe not that important. Uh, there you go. That's, the, that's kind of what I thought, Harold. I, I told Jacob. I, I had never really contemplated this question before. It's not something that I don't think I've wondered. I've, I'm not even sure I've even ever wondered well, you know, about it's it. It's interesting, Sophie, when I brought that up to a few people in the last few days. Actually, about the last 10 days I've been asking. And uh, they've several of them said, you know, what you just said, you know, I never gave it any thought. But, Harold, if it's not yeah. important... Then on the fourth of July, I'd like you to celebrate it on August fifth, <laughs> and I'd like well, you to not well, celebrate your wife's birthday or your children's birthdays on the right days. Well, I did say I'm not saying it's not important, but it, it just didn't need to be part of the Bible story that yeah. Sunday afternoon. It just well, what I, you know, people people know the story. Yeah, but that's theology. I'm not talking about theology. I'm leaving that alone. I'm saying you know the day or the date. And I'm just wondering, how yes, do you understand. pause for that without getting into the religion of it? Yeah, you're responding the way I responded, Harold. I said, uh, well, we do, we actually do mark the event almost every day of our lives. It's not By something... believing in Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. so we, we so mark So that's the... theology, and I'm not challenging yeah. that one. I, I, okay. I understand. We both understand the 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 background of your question, and, the, and I don't know a good... The question is why? Why don't why? we mark that day? And I don't really know that I have an answer, um, a good answer. Well, I have a verse. Uh, y'all are in uh, the book of John. Yeah. And I did, okay, write the book of John. I remember last week I was a little nervous, and uh, I feel so much better getting that mama stuff off my chest. And um, <laughs> You're out of the John, doghouse now. Yes, John uh, chapter 18, verse 8, uh-huh. and it says, Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. And um, I've been reading the book of John all week because I know you're, you're, you guys are reading it. And there's a few verses that popped out, probably about 15 verses that popped out, and I, I don't have time to go. I, I know we don't have time to go through everything, uh-huh. but I... I, I just thought, you know, that part in the garden right there, where people, you know, that that's when uh, Judas was getting ready to betray him and all that stuff, and it's him, it's me, you know. Uh-huh. And um, I just thought it was a fantastic answer. I have yeah. told you that I am he. And that, you know, that's all I wanted to say. And I'm sorry I can't help out Jacob on the date, but, you know, I born and raised a Baptist for... 50 years or more, and I have a certain way that I was brought up, and that's the way I'm brought up. Yeah. And I did trans- I, I did convert to Judaism, um, Temple Bethel, you know, over there, and, uh, I, you know, I thank God for that and the people there that helped me through my journey. And But I still have, and I would challenge anyone that converts from a religion that doesn't have, and even, I'll tell you, Rabbi Block himself told me, Harold, you have you think like a Christian because you were a Christian for so long. Now I can maybe stumble and try to inject a Judaism, a Jewish thought with a lot of reading, lots. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh-huh. I do try to do that, but I know we're not trying to do that here. Right, yeah. So anyway It's a good insight. Anyway, well, that's that's what I got to you say. You answered tonight. more or less the same way I did, Harold. Thanks for calling in. I really do appreciate it yeah, tonight. Thank you, Harold. But um, 
Yeah, there we go. Uh, Harold as well saying, you know, I don't really know why they didn't mark that date. Maybe they wanted to avoid commercialization. I don't well, know. If that's the case, there would not be an Easter uh, or Valentine's yeah, okay. Day. Uh, or maybe Christmas. they weren't successful in doing Maybe, let me see, maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, maybe. I, uh, this would be interesting. I've Googled this. I've done it both from the Catholic perspective uh-huh, and the uh-huh, Protestant. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'll be honest with you. I can't find that it was ever even mentioned. In neither case, right? No, I can't find it. From I a Catholic or a Protestant perspective. Yeah, I can't find it. And But as a total viewer, looking through the window, you might say, I thought, that's such an important happening. That is the day that uh, these sins were taken care of, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, not about the theology. We accept the theology, the uh-huh. the, the belief, the faith. Sure, sure, of and course. And as you say, and rightly so, you live it every day. That's great. But I'm saying today, I mean, to me, I like to say, do you know what happened on this very day? Did you know that uh, for the Jews, of course, Passover, they were taken out of Egypt. Uh-huh. Egypt in Hebrew is called Mitzrayim. That means limitations or boundaries. What are, what, what are the limitations or boundaries? They're limitations or boundaries of False idols, gods, and sin. And sin, uh-huh. And so you're getting the picture that God sent Moses in. Sure. He took him out of the boundaries of sin. He led him through the wilderness. And so it's a very real sense, theologically speaking, that Jesus... Yes, exactly. He led them out of sin. And there is an interesting question, a companion question. Why would they put blood on the door frame, not on the roof? Why wouldn't they put it on the windows? Why not a big X or something on top of the house? I don't know. The entranceway, right, the is entrance, what you're talking about? Entrance. And mm-hmm. if you go back and you look at the movie The Ten Commands with Charlton Heston, you'll see there are knocks on the doors, and people who go in there are not all Jews. There's some uh, slaves. There's some sure. black people. There's all kinds of people come in. Anybody went in was okay. Uh-huh. So that was a doorway. And I know Jesus makes a statement, I am the door. I know uh-huh. that's in the New Testament. Sure. And the Gospel so, of John, in fact. So yeah. if you're looking at the blood, and let's say the cross is a door. So you're looking at a door frame, and certainly he's a lamb, he's a blood. Yeah. So you're looking at into... The blood head, being applied from the head and, and head and wound, it, from the hand wound, from the feet. to yeah. a door? And maybe that, that opens the door to heaven to be saved, just like physically the story was in Egypt. But those are interesting side bits. But my question is, that is such, yeah. to me, an interesting idea, I think. How come? Because I would want my children to know, do you know what? This is the day. And somehow in my mind, I suspect that you may have some possible answers in the back of your mind. Maybe you can tell us about it later in the hour. But I am I am actually really interested in hearing from you, our listeners. Give us a call, 340-9585. I don't know that this question has ever occurred to you either uh, as to why is it we don't actually mark and celebrate that date. Uh, well, I don't we know, know why we actually mark the dates we do mark. Uh, well... Let's say Christmas this, and this Easter. next Friday at sunset. That is the actual biblical date. Okay. So now everybody's listening tonight. Either the both people or the hundred and fifty thousand or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What'd you say? Eighteen counties, whatever. Yeah. So okay. So what we've got is we have got the date. 
So I would like to encourage my Christian <laughs> We're starting brothers, a new holiday. Let's right stop for a moment and say, this is the day that Jesus died. And he died for what? For our sins. So for the first time in history from the Christian religion, from the Christian point of view, let's say, this is the day he did it. Yeah. And I'm not the Christian. And I'm suggesting it. John, give me that word that we talked about a while ago again. Teletelectai, I think it is. Something like that. Uh, tie my necktie. Tetelestai. No. Tetelestai. 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 That's the word. It means, um, I'm not supposed to tell you. Oh, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> called, it is finished, but it's actually the word tetelestai. It actually is a word from the, uh, from the accounting world. Uh, if you had a bill... If you had an invoice and, and and so on, they would put this stamp on it, and it literally meant something. We want to ask you, what did it mean, tetelestai? This word that Jesus cried out from the cross uh, is delivered to us. It is finished, but uh, the actual uh, literal translation was from the world of accounting, and I want you to, if you can remember it, I remember uh, Chuck Swindoll preaching about it. He says he rolls that word off of his tongue so easily. Mm -hmm. uh, I remembered it from his teaching. So uh, anyway, give us a call if you know the answer to that question. You know, I was driving on the highway the other day, and I, I sometimes I entertain myself. And I saw a store. Oh, boy, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. <clears throat> but there was a, a company called Lumber Liquidators. Uh-huh. And I said, well. You're probably going to get in trouble for this. Well, so. Roman... The Ro Rome was really the first lumber liquidators. They lose lumber to liquidate people they on the cross. They sure did on a massive basis, didn't they? For sure. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't so bad. I don't think okay. Uh, all right. So here are our questions. Uh, Psalm 67 is like the Great Commission in the New Testament because it calls for the salvation of whom? Of, of, of what particular people group, you know, in the broadest sense. Mm -hmm. And then we have another question, Proverbs eleven twenty two: A foolish woman with beauty is like a certain animal with a gold ring in its nose. What is the animal? And I, I, I think it makes sense as a, as a proverb. It's not, we're kind of jokingly saying we could get in trouble with, but I don't think so. It's, uh, there, of course, other equal opportunity insults in the Proverbs. I'm sure it talks about foolish mm -hmm. Men as well, and and um, you know while we're waiting for the foolish, stupid men for the next call. Uh, by the way, if somebody doesn't call in, I may get fired. Please call in. I hope okay. I didn't offend anybody with that question. No, nah, a question doesn't uh, offend. Okay. I don't think. Oh, wasn't that to defend them about me? Huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Listen, I'll tell you what. Why don't we just discuss for a second? First uh, 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 Kings, uh, your question number. Okay, five. let's go into the book. We did read the first three chapters we of did. First Kings. Uh -huh. And it says, your question is, God told Solomon to ask for anything he desired, and it would be granted. What did Solomon request? Chapter 3, verse 9. Aha. Uh -huh. well, let's just go ahead and talk about that. Now, this was a dream, right, or a vision? Uh, well, it's hard to say. Okay, Um uh, it's not hard to say. I'd said it pretty easily. You did. <laughs> but then you can say things like tie my necktie. Yeah. Telestai. Telestai. That's it. Yeah. Telestai. Uh, God told Solomon to ask for anything he desired in uh, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, and it would be granted. What is it that Solomon 
requested from the Lord. First Kings chapter three verse nine. It's rather a famous uh, quotation and a famous story. And then we have you got it in your Bible? Could you read the verse? It's verse nine. Okay, let me find it. I'd like to visit that question for a second. First Kings chapter three, verse nine. I'm rushing to it as quickly as I can now. Uh, We got through uh, Samuel, didn't we? Wow. We've already finished the books of First and Second Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, time's fun when you're having flies, as, as mm-hmm. Herman the Frog says. Kermit the Frog. You know what? Latin is tempus fugit, right? <laughs> okay. Yes, I do. Three nine. Okay, here is that passage. Um, now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. And then he says, give me, and he makes his request. That's okay. Let's talk about it. Okay, give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of Ah. yours? And the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What verse was that? Verse 10. Yours says he asked for wisdom? Well, it says, so the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom, so oh, God wait, replied. Wait, verse 9 it says, and I've got the, the yeah. Greek stuff. An understanding here. heart. An understanding heart. So that I can, can govern your people. Uh-huh. And then it says, uh, the Lord was pleased. He said, because uh-huh. you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you ask for. Isn't that interesting? Well, look at verse 12 and see what God said the answer was. I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart Ah, such as no one else has had or ever will have. Wise. Remember how I'm always talking about certain things? Mm -hmm. He asked for an understanding heart. God's answer in 12 was, I will give you a wise and understanding heart. See, in the Bible, and you're going to find this. Understanding is the best, right? No, no oh, okay. knowledge. In our culture, we always say wisdom's great. That's the best. Biblically speaking, it is actually, uh, wisdom is that spark from God. Uh-huh. Understanding is where you start working with the algebra. And then knowledge is when you know how to do it. And that's why God says, well, you can't go to understanding. I'm going to give you what wisdom and then understanding. And if you want to see what happens, uh, but let's take a question, and I'll give you the two places where it actually happens with some other people and it actually puts it in the correct order. All right. We'll go to that in just a moment. Let's go quickly then to Maria. Maria, uh, Maria, Maria. I just heard her name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Maria. We just couldn't resist. He says, he says that. In a swine's nose. Oh, in a, in a pig's nose. Exactly, Maria. Uh, that, I mean, the Proverbs are so... Sometimes I do chuckle often in the Proverbs. They are, Some of them have a great deal of humor behind them and all. And I'm sure they were mm-hmm. intentional. A foolish woman with beauty is like an animal, a, a pig with a gold ring in its nose. Oh, my land. I actually can understand it. You could probably say the same thing about a man, a handsome man, a foolish man who is handsome is like he has this wonderful asset, his wonderful gift. Uh, I, I've always told 
we have two sons and a daughter, and I, I always thought our daughter was uh, beautiful, and and I told her so, and I said, but you know, beauty, beauty is a gift, and it has to be used just like any other gift. You should use it wisely and and bring joy to others, and you know, it's not not to take advantage of others and not to you know that sort of thing. So I've always talked about beauty as kind of a, of a. Because I don't have that I give that particular gift myself, uh, I have other gifts maybe, but uh, not beauty. It wasn't one of mine. But it kind of brings a practicality to the idea of beauty. Tell me, as as a woman, uh, the female persuasion there, Maria, do you what do you think of that idea of seeing beauty as something to be used for God's glory, not not simply to be taken advantage of and and, and so on, but Something that's to be used wisely in in a practical sense is that is that does that even make sense to you from a from a female perspective? Well, I think it depends on what you said at home. Okay, it depends on the education. It depends whether you um you know the word God says that to raise up your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord uh-huh. on the Lord. So, um, I, I don't believe in tattoos, because to me there's graffiti in your body, and the Lord does not want you to put graffiti in your body. Oh, I like that. Okay. Did yeah. you know? Sure. Uh, and and I, I really feel that, um, well, only earrings, that's the only thing that I would really wear. I would not put anything on my nose or anything like that, because that... But that degrades the, 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 the body of, of Christ. That degrades our bodies. And we're supposed to, I mean, we're really beautiful. Uh-huh. We have beautiful skin, beautiful hair. You know, God sure. doesn't make junk. Uh-huh. I God like, makes I, I, beautiful. I like there is something about, in the New Testament it talks about uh, not overly adorning and a lot of, you know, a lot of... The outward adornment because Gold uh, and the more well, important the more important beauty is the beauty of the inner beauty of, of our character and of our life. Uh, I, but you I know, know there is a lot of discussion about this: the idea of tattoos, the idea exactly, of exactly, exactly. But you know, one of the things that I that I really feel that now there's a woman that um, I really feel that we should uh, wear, you know, like when God told Moses to uh, wash their clothes before the Sabbath, before they they started the Sabbath, Uh you know how he told him to wash their clothes and to make themselves clean and and ruin their hair and everything, Uh you know, sometimes I see people, and I have said this, I have say this to, to some girls that I see them uh like like they go to church and they were like they're going to a nightclub. <laughs> you know? And and I feel that, that I think that's that's not respect for God uh-huh. because I asked them, I said, Listen, if the president of the United States we invite you to go to the White House, will you dress up like that? And he said, oh, no, no. I said, well, you come 
to the congregation there to, to get together with the people. Yeah. Into the and, of God, and, yeah. And, you know, you come to, to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe. So, you know, I mean, I would think that you probably would wear something more yeah. appropriate. When I was younger, there was more of a tradition of dressing, uh, not, you know, overly dressing, but respectfully and, and putting a nice clothes on and going to church. Now, I, somewhere it changed in that we don't want to make people think they have to dress up or classes sort of a background. We'll be right back after these messages. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Joining us for this final segment of the Bible Live, the quiz show. Let's go to Bernadette and line one. Uh, let me pick up Maria here real quickly and see. Maria, are you still with us? Yes. Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to hang on through the break. It came up on us suddenly, and I didn't get oh. is there Is there another question or thought you might have had for us? Did you have a thought about that date question? Uh, why do we m not mark the exact date of the crucifixion, of the atonement, uh, that Jacob is well, part of tonight? in our church, we celebrated on the 22nd. Oh. And we have... We well, have you do mark the actual in our church. How about that? Yes. Yes, we have a celebration. We have the Passover, uh, and we have, you know, like the Eucharist. Church, you go to. I'd love to know what congregation is. Cornerstone. Oh, Cornerstone. Yeah, well, Pastor Young Shaggy. I, I know he's yes. here, sure. <laughs> so I can see that. Yeah, that would make sense. Well, let me rush on to another caller. I do appreciate your call tonight, Maria. Thank you. Okay, okay, okay. I'll see you later then. Let's go and visit with Bernadette. She's also calling in this evening, and maybe uh, with an answer to some of our questions or a thought here about this question about the date of the atonement that uh, Jacob has brought up for us. Hi, how are you doing, Bernadette? I'm glad Hi. you called. Thank you. Thank you. I'm actually very tired. I have spent the day cleaning, getting ready for Passover, and um, I'm sure you know that this is the year 5776, right, Soapy? I don't know that, but that I is know correct. Knows that. That's correct, Bernadette. You're 100% <laughs> right. 57, what is it, 5776? 5776, yes. Okay. And I, I actually think I know, or I have a theory, about the possibility of why um, Christians celebrate Easter at a particular time um, and they don't do it on Passover. I think that it's probably because of the change in the calendar. You had the Gregorian calendar and then the Julian calendar adding July and August for Julius Caesar and Augustus Caesar. Yes. And I think it's, it's got to be hard for Christians to keep track because they don't have the uh, the Jewish months and the Jewish years anymore. I, I suspect you're exactly right. I and and I guess we just grow up with that understanding. We don't have that expectation of an exact date. I never have. I've told Jacob this this evening that. I've, I've actually been surprised by the question when he asked me when I got out of the car this evening on the parking lot. We were talking about it. 
and it took me a while to even kind of understand the question that it wasn't theological in in source. It wasn't the theological aspect of it. It was just wondering about the actual date of the event and why we don't mark it uh, and, and on our calendars and sell, you know observe it in a, in a specific way. I uh, I and I told him I said I th- could it have to do with the uh, the changing of the calendars from from Hebrew to Gregorian to this or that and of course there are a number of calendars there are the Asian calendar is very different even from the calendar we follow here uh, is the Asian calendar in any way related to the Jewish or Hebrew calendar no no not at all not at all related no. No, I, here's I, uh, here's uh, and and that could be an answer. Any of the answers are possibly valid, but I know even on a regular secular calendar, it is marked Passover. So in a sense, while all that may be true about uh-huh. August and Ju- uh, Julius Caesar and all, it's still we at this moment we know the date. And Bernadette. Yes, we certainly know when Passover is. Okay, so Bernadette, a, a yes. drum roll, please. And, and a bing, 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 bing. <laughs> and what date is it, Bernadette? What date is Passover? The, well, this year it's going to be Friday. Because the rabbi said to us last Saturday, now those of you that have the four glasses of wine, I still want you here on Saturday morning. <laughs> okay. So that's where you observe it. Well, that might, you might get more uh, well, this year. more yeah. participants if you if you made that known. Well, thank you so much for calling, Bernadette. That is uh, thank you, Bernadette. very informative and helpful to us. I appreciate you calling in tonight. Good to hear from Bernadette and also from Maria. Both of them with the perspective Christian, Jewish. Uh, there does seem to be, as we have talked about in the past, Jacob, a little bit of uh, intertwining uh, more and more. Believers are getting uh, in tune with our Jewish Hebrew roots as Christian believers. Uh, Harold mentioned earlier that he converted from Christianity to Judaism, and basically I was going to tell him we've kind of got that wrong. As Christians, we're already buying into Judaism. We are worshiping Jehovah. We honor the the Hebrew prophets, the prophecies, the Hebrew Messiah. Uh, frankly, we we are more than technically we are bought into the Jewish uh, faith and the Jewish revelation uh, that we follow. So, in a sense, uh, we've already uh, we have grafted in to to Israel itself. Well, let's go and talk to uh, uh, Jim. Uh, Jim is on line too. G- Jim, I know you're going to have something to say about this for us. Maybe you can clear up a little and give us an answer that'd be kind of really satisfying to us tonight. Thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for the questions. It's interesting. Uh, not everything on the inside, but I, I just have a this reaction. You know, I never thought about it. I, I don't have a background in Judaic traditions, uh, simply Christianity, but I, I, I'm thinking, why not? Why don't I do that? So I don't, I don't well, know. Sure my gym. Great. <laughs> We're starting a new <laughs> holiday right here. <laughs> really? You know, I, I think I did a lot of work. The Lord says, you know, once you enter the land and, you know, are blessed, don't forget. You know, Deuteronomy, that resounding exhortation just to remember. And so, so I remember observing on Easter, but, yeah, there's, I, I think there's really a, an exhortation in my heart as I hear that thing. Like, what's wrong with doing that? You know, I remember, yeah. of course, you know, as Christians, it says we're bought with a price. You know, getting yeah. on your, your question about what does that mean, to sell it, that means it's paid in full. 
accounting-wise. Yes, exactly so, yeah, right. I, paid I, in I, full. I tremendous price. Yes. You know, what a price I've paid. And, uh, you know, what can I do to help remember that? That price that was paid, you know, also just sobered by the, the parables you told about the, the servant that was forgiven, that great debt. And he forgot, you know, so that, that speaks to me. I have, what can I do to help myself not forget that right. price that was paid? So, oh, yeah, great tradition. I'll start it this year, and I'll, I'll like the Lord, almost grace, but it's more years to keep <laughs> on stopping and saying, that's when my price was paid. That's when it. It had to. It had to happen in time and space. Right, right. It had to really happen at some point, and it, of course it did. But marking, I, I told Jim at the beginning. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Jim. I told Jacob at the beginning that, in some ways, that's kind of what Good Friday is about. But, but of course, it's not the actual date of the event that we're marking. But uh, because Good Friday is, in some ways, commemorative of the day of the crucifixion. And we do have uh, the parades to remember Jesus going through the streets and so on and so on. The seven stations of the cross and that sort of thing. But the actual date, I think, is what he had in mind. It's, it is an interesting... And, Jim, may I ask you a favor? Sure, what's that? Okay, can I have ten bucks? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, the favor is this. Uh, this Friday night, since you're obviously a very wise man, and, uh, and and I believe what Mark Twain said about that the smartest people always agree with me. But uh, listen, this Friday night, you, your family, I don't know if you're married, you got friends, but this Friday night, and I'm not a Christian, uh-huh. but take a moment and actually pause and say, you know what, this is the day in history that the event happened. And this is when the sins for the first time, according to Christianity, was taken care of. And I would just like to ask that favor for not only for your sake, but for other people's sake. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll I'll do that. Thanks for calling, Jim. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. God bless you and your family. Uh, here we have about, what, 15, 20 minutes left. You can give us a call if you'd like to. Maybe you have a thought about why is it that this actual date of the atonement was not emphasized? Is it a cultural thing? Is it was there a particular reason? Maybe part of the design was to it wasn't important to remember the exact date, but more important to mark the exact event that it did indeed take place. Because you see in the New Testament, they do they do um, of course constantly preaching. Paul says, "I." Don't preach anything but Christ and Him crucified, and, and so we honor. We know the the cross. We know that the Holy One of Israel, the Messiah, gave His life. No one took it from Him. I lay it down. And you, you know, we're talking about the atonement, the definitive atonement, uh, not the blood of bulls and goats, but by the blood of the, you know, the, you know the Messiah what? Himself. You just said something, and I put together what Bernadette said. Okay, it just hit me. I this is a speculation because uh-huh. I don't know, and I say I tried to Google and everything, but. With what Brenda said and you said, I just had a thought. Okay. I think it may be because I know the early Christians, as you probably do, they did keep Passover, and they did keep some of the holidays. So they didn't have to actually say it in the New Testament because it it was just assumed that everybody knew that you followed what it says in Exodus 12. It says you you shall follow this. So I'm guessing they did. And after that, somehow, as things developed, it got cut out. Would you think maybe as as 
the actual faith or, or the practice of the faith or the religion, uh-huh. the religious aspect in terms uh-huh. of the, uh, the, the 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 ceremonies and the and the uh-huh. the actual practice, uh-huh. is it became more Gentile uh, uh, dominated that maybe that moved it away from uh, yeah. the dates. That, I think because as you're right, the early yeah. church. They were they were Jewish they believers. They did. They did. They even kept a certain date on the calendar that they felt that they knew the real date of Jesus' birth. Uh huh. And so, but so it's fascinating, you know, as we're talking about this. And I heard what you just said that kind of clicked with what Bernadette said. And I think it, your last comment about the the, the dates and becoming more un-Jewish. So I think. That's that may be the, the gentilization, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. of the of the uh, of the faith, and of course the 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 the, the Julian uh, yeah. calendar and all that sort of thing. The transition, maybe it became, uh, maybe that was the key to it. But I, I like the question. I was not ever offended by the question. It took me a while to kind of. Oh, you mean? Oh, oh, I get it now. And because uh, you you were never questioning the theology oh, never, 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 of the event, never, yeah. but but just actually the this yeah. this There's actual something else in the book of John that uh-huh. I would like to, if we may, can we talk sure. about it for a second? Let's do. Uh, it's over there in John chapter uh, chapter twenty one. Uh-huh. And uh, if uh, twenty one and it's verse. Uh, uh, number nine. Uh-huh. It says, so when they got out on land, now this is after the crucifixion, resurrection, all that. Business. Okay. Okay. And is this when Jesus appears to them uh, while they're out fishing? Yes, exactly so. And, okay. But I, I want to show you something that I have always caught when I read this. Uh-huh. Now, the Hebrews would use the word bread to mean, like we say, the word food. It could be a hamburger. It could be macaroni and cheese, but it was bread. Uh-huh. Like we say, hey, we're going to have food. We took bread. They broke bread. So it says, verse 9, So when they got out on the land, they saw the charcoal. Fire had already been laid, and fish placed on it, and bread. And some bread, yes. Okay. Now, you want to know what that really says from the Greek? Uh, do I? <laughs> yes, of course. I want to know. Now, uh, the bread is actually referring to, uh, and it's over in uh, Luke. Where is that? Luke uh, twenty-four forty-two. Uh huh. Forty-two and forty-three, and it defines it. And I looked at Luke twenty-two. Uh, uh, Luke uh, twenty-four. Twenty-four. Okay. And I actually spent a little time looking it up and researching it in the Greek today, because I had read it before. And actually, what it says is. Uh, let's see if I can find Luke myself, because I know you're looking at you. 24, what you're, verse? You're looking, are you looking? I am looking, yeah. looking. Yeah. The okay. Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verse 20. Uh, I got 42. 42, okay. You want me to read it or not? Yeah, please. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the, uh, he appears, let me see, I'm looking to where he appeared to them. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you everything written uh, da, 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 42. Come on, where are you? Still, they stood there in disbelief. You're talking about the road to Emmaus again. Well, no, and I'm ta- I want to talk about 42, the bread. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Uh-huh. So food figured into uh, this this little well, story as well as the other. It, it, from the Greek, it says it says uh, it says they gave him fish 
and honeycomb. Now think about that, fish and honeycomb, because fish or honeycomb could be considered bread or food, because uh-huh. they use the word bread for that. Now look down at the most interesting, this is what really caught my attention, verse 44. Okay. And if you just read this as a, just a conversation, I think we miss it. Uh, 44 says, now he said to them, quote, these are my words I spoke to you. I want you to stop reading that. And picture our boy Jesus picking up in one hand fish and in the other hand honey. Let's say he takes a bite of the fish. Eh, not so good, maybe. Death. Then he takes a bite of honey. And then he holds them both up and he shows them the fish in one hand, the honey in the other. And he actually says, These are my words death and life. And then when you get down. To verse 49, I'm sorry, uh, later on, back in John, uh-huh. he says, he gave them fish and bread. Yeah, we looked at that in the Gospel of John, yeah. So. They're on the, uh, on the bank after they had gone out fishing, uh, maybe discouraged or maybe returning to what was common or maybe just resting R&R after the very stressful events they had in, gone through with the death of Jesus and the resurrection claims that they were hunted people in some ways. So maybe they went out and, yeah, so he there on the banks. He uh, now, now look at that passage in Luke, and it says uh, that the context of it, it says, uh, you can see that it's really me. Touch me. Make sure that I'm not a ghost. Ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. And he spoke, and as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. And as they stood there in disbelief and wonder and joy and wonder, do you have something to eat? So he ate. He gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Uh, in some ways, you might think, too, that that was him trying to prove and demonstrate to them that I am actually really, truly, physically, bodily resurrected. Yes, I think. He's I'm saying, not a ghost. He's, I'm not not, a, he's doing a show and tell. Uh-huh. He's saying, <laughs> uh, yeah. look, these are my words. Uh-huh. They're in his hands. Now look down in John 21. Verse uh, 11. Okay. You go ahead. Oh, I said, I apologize. I meant uh, verse 13, 21, 13. Okay. Um, uh, Jesus said, you caught some fish. Now come have some breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew he was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. Ah. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples oh. since he had been raised from the dead. But look what he gave them. The same thing when he said, these are my words, uh-huh. now he gave it to them. The bread and the fish. Yeah. The flesh, the, and let's say death, perhaps, and then the honey that's sweet. And I think what he's saying, because he holds up and says, these are my words, uh-huh. I think he's saying, look, there's death, there's life. Life after death is sweet. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it, uh, and I suspect, I mean... From a Hebrew, he was a Jewish rabbi, a Jewish believer. He's talking. He's talking to other Jewish men and women. This might well have been part of the picture, as the Jews communicate in pictures, right? Word pictures. Yeah, it's a uh, picture, and that's why. That's why I think he's picking up in his hands. Uh-huh. If I picked it up to you and I showed you fish in one hand, and it's broiled, obviously it's dead meat. Is that what I say? And then I've got this yeah. honeycomb. And actually, the Greek says honeycomb. Okay. So. And he, let's say that I take a bite of the fish, oh, not so good. But then I take death, not so good. Uh-huh. But then I take a bite of the honeycomb, sweet. And then he said, then he, in John, he gives it to them. 
He's saying, look, I've been trying to explain this to you. <laughs> about life and death. Yes. About There is life after death, and so, that we will no, be... Re- yeah, I'm I not think. saying that's right, but I've all, I've caught that, and like I said, I looked up in the Greek today, because I was very curious, and I think, because it caught my attention, he said, these are my words. He's showing him something. He's not just talking. Interesting. I like that a lot. And Another thing occurs to me about that particular day, marking the date of the crucifixion, uh-huh. is... When Jesus said the telestai, he's talking about paid in full, as one of our listeners said, that the, 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 the price of sin, the wages of sin is death, that soul that sins it shall die. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so we, we've, over and over, God had demonstrated to the people of Israel in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, uh, the whole idea of the sacrifices and the, the bulls and the goats and the lambs that were, that were slain, the blood was poured out. And people witnessed this day after day. It was central to their understanding. It wasn't just some brutal primitive idea there was a communication going on about among other things perhaps but one thing you couldn't miss is that sin has a price sin brings death brings uh separation from god who is our life and that sort of thing so sin had and that this was a picture of that price and then we see ultimately the promise of the messiah would be there would come one who would definitively uh, pay that price. It was kind of painting the picture, preparing the way for the atonement. Yeah, the re- the redemptive plan of God is based on on uh, what do you call uh, substitutionary atonement. There was one who took our place, who bore our sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us. So we we got this whole picture that's being carried out and carried through. And and yeah, to tell us die, Jesus on the cross, that finished his role in terms of that was the end of the challenge for him as uh, as the man of faith, as the perfect man of faith, as our representative, our mediator between God and man, our sacrifice. He had finished his role, but that did not end the redemptive plan. The redemptive plan, in, in terms of being fully carried out, uh, I, I suppose we would say it was not totally and absolutely completed until he resurrected and then ascended to the Father. Well, you know, since you brought that up. And so that was yeah. also a part of the right. redemptive plan, well, maybe it was. He does says, that fit into your answer? Is, maybe. Well, perhaps, but I have wondered about that because the resurrection is at least as important yes. as the crucifixion to the redemptive plan. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, mm-hmm. whatever. But uh, so, but the, so the point is, I do not think he's referring to my opinion uh-huh. uh, that it is finished. It's not finished. He still has to resurrect. That's an important thing, I would think, for Christians. So what I think he's talking about is, I think he's saying Passover is finished. It, the Passover is finished. <laughs> because, what does he say? They come and they give him some wine or vinegar, they say, and they let him have a little drink. He says, well, I'm not going to drink that until. And then the next line is, he's calling for Elijah. Uh-huh. Now, how do the Jews do Passover? Every Passover, and I'll be doing it Friday night, uh-huh. uh, Saturday night. Well, there's two Passovers. But so what you do is you leave a cup for Elijah, uh-huh. and the door's open. And so... Well, he said, Eli, Eli, lami sabachthani. And some of them thought he was calling for Elijah, right? Yes. And what we now, understand... Why that would he was call? That, because Jewish tradition, even today, uh-huh. requires that uh, if Elijah should show up, don't worry about it. it. Everything's over. We don't have to worry about it anymore. And so... He's caught, but it says a game of cups, which would be like 
Elijah's cup. It's actually called Elijah's cup at the Seder's. Uh-huh. And you put a chair, an empty chair, and a cup of wine for Elijah in case he shows up. <laughs> now, if he shows up, he's got a lot of wine to drink, you know, all over the world. Anyway, but the point is, so that's going on. So when I see that, and then it says he's calling for Elijah, and then he says, it is finished. I think he's talking about Passover. Hmm, interesting. That's my thought, because uh-huh. the resurrection is at least as important. But I want to tell you something else. I know there's always been a tension in Christian, uh, the Gospels, the Christian Gospels, between how could he be attending Passover and yet be on the cross at Passover, and there always seems to be this tension. I think I have the answer. All right. Give us a thought as we close. Uh, We've well, only got a little it's time It's because left. of this, because traditionally in ancient Judaism, there was always a supper the actual day before a family get together actually before the day of passover and so they'd have a big dinner i think he's attending that dinner that you call last supper uh-huh. that's the big get together because they used to ancient jews always had the family get and they had a big dinner then they began began passover uh-huh. and that way that would explain the tension because he can't be at dinner and be dinner <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but my point is, is that I, th- I think that's the explanation, because there was a tradition to have a, a meal before the start of Passover, when you had your family and everything. That's what I think is going on. So... I like I, I like that. It's interesting because there is there is a controversy. There is a not controversy, but talking about this idea of exact dates and times. There is this idea that crucifixion actually took place on Thursday evening. Well, it, it starts idea? at dusk Wednesday, uh-huh. which should be, and of course, as the sun finishes going down, that would be in the Bible way. That's the start of Thursday, uh-huh. and that would be. Oh, thir- uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He had resurrected. In fact, I will point out in John it says on the first day of the week. First day of the week would be Sunday. And what has it? What's it say? He was already risen. Right. That means he got up on Saturday. <laughs> Folks, thanks for joining us. We're glad to have you. We'll see you here next Sunday. The next edition of the Bible Live Quiz Show. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live Broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.